Welcome to the Disruptive Consulting Podcast. Listener discretion is advised. podcast and today's episode is a republish of an old show that I used to have when I was uh, recording with the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce. The name is Fuelcast. It was hosted by myself and a colleague of mine named Brendan Carey. Brendan's a realtor but uh, he's a pretty funny guy. So guest of today's episode right in time for Valentine's Day. Her name is Jennifer Nealon. She is a relationship counselor. I'm not sure if any of you have listened to Loveline, classic Loveline from back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, but it's a big inspiration of mine, and I think that this episode is very Loveline-esque. So drop a couple notes in the comments, listen, enjoy, and let me know what you think. Today we're here with Jennifer Nealon, Relationship Specialist. Uh, Jennifer, hello. Thank you for coming in. Hi. Please say hello. Tell everyone a little bit about what you do. Um, Well, I've been doing therapy with... Um, couples, individuals, and families for 20 years now, and um, I'm also a sex therapist. Am I allowed to tell that? Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah. As long as you're um, not lying. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I have uh, three offices, and they're in Westport, Connecticut, Orange, Connecticut, and in um, Rhode Island. How did you get to Rhode Island? I went to URI, and then oh. I finished up at Salve for my master's. Awesome. What was your master's in? Holistic counseling. Ooh. Yep. And that was, it was very different like 20 years ago. That was really cutting edge. I remember telling my mom I wanted to like, you know, go into counseling. She's like, great, great, because her best friend was a counselor. But um, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to be a holistic counselor. And she was like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> like angels, like, what are you talking about? So finally was able to convince her there was actual validity to a lot of it because really it's just kind of seeing the spirit as part of, you know, life. So, um, anyway, uh, she now is passed on, but, I'm sorry. Um, but she was very, very, very proud of me when I graduated. That's awesome. I yep. guarantee. You know, now I'm very spiritual, but years ago I was in high school and I remember making fun of this kid. His name was Scuba Steve and he was, uh, we were, we were, uh, maybe eighth grade or freshman and he was, uh, like 22. So now I look back on it at the time I thought he was cool, but now I realize he was a big dork hanging out with a bunch of. 14 year old mm. um, and he used to tell everyone that he could see their aura mm-hmm. and I was like get out of here you know this guy's a wacko <laughs> what do you feel about it now I don't I don't know about auras but I mean any you believe something I'm not going to question it yeah. I just believe that we are made of energy That's, yes you know like yeah. if we know that and we know that energy doesn't die mm. then we know that like and we also know that our energy can, can sometimes it can Clash, and then other times you kind of feel more chemistry with someone, and so I think that it's about understanding who you are as an energy, mm. and it really it's as simple as having awareness of that. Like, okay, what does my energy feel like right now? And then, does this energy like being around that energy? And it's really basic. I've been in situations where I, I don't, I only bring this part up because it's a relationship specialist, but. Yeah. Uh, I had an ex-girlfriend. We were sitting on the couch one night, and I'll never forget it. And I was so anxious, and I didn't, I didn't, I was right in the, the mind, and I was like, I 
didn't have anything to say. And she sat down on the opposite side of the couch and she was like, what is wrong with you right now? I could feel the anxiety coming off you. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I you was, must have felt that from other people. Like you can kind of just sense something's happening for them. Like you can even just see them and you're like, oof. Yeah. Right? You got a calming feeling here. Like we've done a few recordings so far. There have been some that have been a little bit more high stress, some that have been a little bit low, low stress. This one just feels like right in that middle. Like yeah. that calm feeling. Well, I like the low light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It keeps the... Yeah, they can see over there. <laughs> so relationship counseling. So, yeah. I mean, what would classifier or what would someone need to to see in their own relationship to be like you know what i think i need to see a relationship counselor i think very honestly most people need or could benefit from i should say relationship counseling i definitely think that premarital counseling is an absolute must mm. because i find a lot of couples forgot honestly to ask some really major questions like what um, things that have to do with family, how they want to manage families, um, input and influence in their life, um, whether or not they even want to have kids. Sometimes they're, they start drifting apart because they didn't really discuss that. Um, Personal goals, business goals. Yeah. Spirituality is another one that okay. comes up an awful lot. They you say, oh, we'll see what happens. And then they might have kids and realize, no, I'm really not willing to you know, be Catholic or mm -hmm. convert to Judaism, whatever it might be. So... Um, I think that there's online, there are lots and lots of lists. Use them. It's free. Go through it with somebody, you know, that you really care about and see whether or not you actually have the compatibility that you think you have. Because what I think really happens is that when we are with someone within about like the first three dates, we have then painted on them who we think we want them to be as opposed to who they are. And I feel like it doesn't really, you don't really get to the truth of someone until you're about... Uh, seven months to a year in. Wow. I agree with that. I definitely wow. agree with that. Yeah. So wow. So three dates. Yeah. That's... Yes. But within the first three dates, if you decide you want to stay committed to someone, you have already painted on them. You have already decided, hey, I like this about you, and that's all I'm going to see. You know. Wow. And that's fascinating. So it's really important that when someone does something that like feels wrong, that energy piece. If it's like, oh, I don't really, my instincts are telling me that's not a good thing. Watch yourself from glossing over all of those things because they'll come up later. So what I'm taking from that is you don't need to be in like a bad relationship, nope. near breaking up or, or nope. actually, you know, I mean, divorce. Nope. It seems like this is a great preventative to 100%. get to that. You could be in a great relationship, yes. but it's still okay to go see someone like yourself. Yes. I have a lot of clients that'll come see me and yes, the divorce papers will be like pretty much on the table. I remember one couple, literally they put them on my coffee table mm. and they were like can you help us made it wow. and they're still married but then I also think that there are some people that come to see me and they'll say well we don't you know really agree about certain things but we're not really that bad and then after talking to them for a little bit things aren't necessarily very rosy so yeah and it's not that I'm trying to like peel back things they're not ready for I just I just think that when you start getting very real, you heal much faster. Yeah. And so I don't think relationship counseling has to be years at all. So that's a good point. You, you mentioned to me uh, earlier in the day, you focus a lot on authenticity. I do. I do. How so? Can you uh, elaborate? Well, what I, in terms of relationships, or do you want me to talk about it in terms of dating? Because there's two different things. Let's there, start with dating okay. and then transition into relationships. Okay. 
So when it comes to relationships, authenticity is, it's as foundational as trust. So if you are not being true to yourself, if you don't know who you are, which I think is probably the biggest problem for 20-something-year-olds. Okay? And 30-something-year-olds too. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't know what you value and you don't really know what you stand for, then it's very hard to be able to say, this is what I know I want, right? So I think what a lot of guys do is they say whatever they think is going to make their partner happy. Mm. And sometimes that's not authentic, authentic to them. And they only can figure that out after they sort of uncover it a bit, peel hmm. it back. Yeah, I've been there. So that's the dating side. And there was one other side to that, it seems. Well, that's, like, that's relationship. But I, I also think that authenticity, even like when people are doing like um, the, the apps, the dating apps, hmm. I see like a lot of my clients, they'll like really not be at all like what they put on their apps. I'll ask my clients, they're like, I don't know why I'm not meeting anyone. Let, let's see what you're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you and, help with that. Right. Okay. And so it's like, okay, let's see what you're doing. This isn't at all who you're presenting right now. So yeah. why are you doing that? And so I think it's really important, again, know yourself, market yourself as yourself. If you are trying to be something you are not, even if it's just because you don't want to be like your dad or you don't want to be going down a path like someone else you know, I, I just think that you have to present as who you really are, you'll find someone who's more developmentally appropriate for you then because everyone has mm. to find that match. The development is key. And uh, you don't always have to be like this in life. Mm -hmm. you, I'm sorry, no one can see me doing that with my hands. <laughs> you don't have to be completely at the same pace in life in terms of development and growth. What you have to be are two people that are willing to keep working. And that would happen through, I'm sure, good lines of communication, which yes. a lot of relationships don't have especially the online dating i mean there's very little you know interpersonal communication other than like a text yeah you know there's no speaking eye contact and a lot yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of emojis like context everything being infused in emojis is just unreal to me <laughs> yeah. i just started using emojis i'm so i'm so <laughs> right. behind You're in the times <laughs> i mean because i'm i'm gonna be 50 this year and so like i guess what i i it was very different for me but what i see happening is um just a lot of fear about revealing oneself. Mm. With which population? With I would say young adults yeah. and, and young professionals. I think that there is there's um, a lot more reticence to show who you really are, mm. not right away. Mm -hmm. And so that I think I would love to coach all of you to stop doing that. Were you asking gender there or like age demographic? Age, age really? demographic. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested. Does it do you? Do your clients have situations that you think differ between maybe ethnicity or other, Culturally. anything other than age group? Absolutely. Can you yes. give us an example? Um, well, in Indian families, there's a very different um, expectation that you can't really date outside of your culture. Oh. So, uh, and the same could be said for Asian populations as well. Um, I would even say that I'm from an Italian family and I'm sure that my mom definitely would love for me to be with an Italian, I did end up with an Italian guy. Oh. So um, I think that we tend to go towards what's familiar mm -hmm. and it feels more comfortable there. You're right. Have you ever read the book Modern Romance by yeah. Aziz Ansari? Oh, yes, I did you actually. Did. Yes. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember that whole section that uh, when he was picking him. apart um, uh, soulmates? Yes. And he said, there's no such thing as no a soulmate no. because he referenced like back in the 50s, the girl, she'd be 16 and then by the time she's 18, 
she needs her independence. She wants to move out of the house, yep. uh, out of her parents' house. So she meets the guy within a one block radius that wants to take her on a date, and then right. they go right into a relationship, start building a family of their own. Yep. Do you believe in soulmates? Um, rationally, no. no. Spiritually, sure, because I don't question anything anymore. <laughs> Let's take a moment to highlight one of our sponsors, Peralta Design. A recent study found that the average person's attention span is only 8 seconds. Don't let wordy explanations lose you business. Peralta Design creates engaging explainer videos to educate your potential clients or customers about what you do without losing their attention. Whether it be live action or animation, Peralta Design will give your product or service a fighting chance in the information age. Don't let your business get lost in the crowd. Stand out with the video services provided by Peralta Design. We launch brands. By definition, mm -hmm. I don't think it's reasonable to assume that soulmates exist. I agree with the energy mm -hmm. part of it. Mm -hmm. You can be you compatible. Don't you can be compatible, yeah. Okay, here's my really, this is my crazy thought, and it's not that crazy, is that I think that what if, before you even entered into this body mm -hmm. that you're in, that you contracted to meet up with certain people. I consider all those people that I meet that it's like, oh, who are you? Yeah. Those are my soulmates. All okay. of them. That could be a grandmother. That could be, you know, a partner. Oh. That could be, you know, a dog. Whatever. Best friend. But this is someone huh. that like furthers my soul in its evolution. Okay. Do you I know what I mean? Agree with that. Yeah. I could, yeah. No, I, I could pick. I could pick up what you're putting down. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You know, soulmates is a, is a difficult thing, but I mean, you know, jumping off to a different topic. You know, I mean, what about like a relationship being exciting after a long period of time? You know, I mean, what, what do you what do you think about that? I think that if there is passion at the very beginning, mm -hmm. it can always be rekindled. Right. Hmm. Passion. It has to be hot in the beginning. Okay. Has to be. Right. If it's not, and it's a very low, slow burn. Right. Those, I think, those situations become far more difficult over the long haul. You it's one hundred percent possible. Um, I think that it's all about novelty. So if you feel like, yes, you've gotten into some sort of habits and routines, and yeah. sometimes that can happen. Yeah, you can talk about whatever you like. <laughs> yeah. um, so that happens um, in sexual relationships quite a bit. And I'm, I'm, I know you're not just talking about that, but um, it's all about novelty. So do things that are outside of anything you've done together before. Um, sometimes I'll say, I'll tell people, you have to go to a rock climbing gym okay you absolutely have to go do that that's your um your exercise for the week okay or i'll tell them you have to go roller skating or do something that they just it requires them to use a different mindset okay and because you're utilizing a different mindset they're seeing everything different so they're sh we're shifting the perspective and then they wow. see each other differently again and we also know you guys ever watch bachelor or bachelorette the one with the roses? Yes. Yeah, no, but I, I've heard right. of it. I loved when VH1 used to have, like, I love New York, <laughs> yeah. Sex Chance of Love. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the Hood Bachelor. Do you remember um, Flavor Flav? Yes. yes. That was my Flavor favorite. of Love. Flavor that was a great love. one. I mean, that was great. Yeah, it was. All right, so, anyway. Um, We're going to have to what <laughs> what I What I uh, do know that they do on that show is they put them in really intense situations because what that does is it raises oxytocin and then you feel the bonding more readily directly after that so they make them jump off a building 
right after that, they're feeling all these amazing feelings of connection. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so that's why they fall in love so fast. Dang. Yeah. You got a lot of knowledge in there. Did we talk about your history? Did we go over it? Did, did you tell us about your history? Well, how do you so qualified to talk about all this? You're like a relationship guru. What's that lady on TV that, that you see on the radio? Uh, Patty, she, she's like the, the go-to for sex counseling. Yes, yeah. or, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Okay. I do. I just love what I do. Okay. I love it very, very much. It's always been an interest of mine. And really since I was very young, people talked to me about their problems. And so really getting my degree just got me paid. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Honesty is important in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't change it for, the, for anything. And I say that often, like I could win the lottery, but I would continue counseling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, and that, that's true passion. You know, like that question that they used to ask in schools and they talked about it on um, uh, office space. You know, if you had a million dollars, you know, what would you do? And your answer to that question would be what you should be doing for your yes. entire life. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, somebody that would say, I would win the lottery, but I right. would still help people, you know, with relationships in various forms. That, that's truly your passion. There though. was another um, question that uh, it's a career counseling question, like what you wanted to do when you were seven. Okay. And I wanted to be um, a solid gold dancer. You guys don't know what solid gold is, but it was like a show on TV. And um, and so I that was not true for me. Okay, <laughs> okay. But I, always, I laugh at the fact that I was really convinced I could be like this really big professional dancer. Hey, you got to have dreams. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Arthur Fonzarelli, but nice. I couldn't turn on Jukebox without, without a quarter. <laughs> Can't just so. hit it and turn it out. <laughs> I swear to God, I got so upset when... Uh, I used to watch Nick at Night, yeah. and every night they would have Happy Days on. Mm-hmm. And the theme song to Happy Days, Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. right? Happy it goes to the whole week, yeah. yeah. And then one day they cut Happy Days off Nick at Night, and it moved to TV land, and I remember I cried for about an hour. <laughs> really? Not on, yeah. Wow. First, I shouldn't have been crying over that. I was in, like, third grade. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what I'm getting you for Christmas? Yeah, Happy Days box set. <laughs> the box set of Happy Days. Well, maybe Fonzie was important to you. He was, mm-hmm. yeah. Love. Mm-hmm. Fonz, the Fonz had mm-hmm. all the women. Yeah, he, he had yep. all the all women, women, and he was he was a guy that stood up for things. So yeah, that's yeah, something. good character. He was a character for you to emulate. That's true. Just wow, saying. who would have thought? Yeah, mind blown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was before online dating, which is a great transition into women <laughs> yes. and men uh courting one another with online dating Mm -hmm. how do we deal with it uh what is a good strategy going into it other than authenticity Mm -hmm. and how do we deal with being ghosted yeah not me personally but i'm sure some of our listeners will have had a couple tinder messages and fallen off Mm -hmm. what happens in those situations yeah wow where do you start on that one that was a three-parter right there (laughs) man (laughs) well you started with that you wanted to know about what it's like for men and women with online dating, is that the question? Yeah, courting one another. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you guys could tell me more than I could tell you around that because I've been married for 17 years. But um, I think that... Do you have a relationship counselor? I have in the past, yes. Wow. Yeah, I believe in it. Absolutely. Like a mentor or someone that actually... Both a mentor and yeah. somebody that was a healer? They served both purposes. Perfect. So it worked out nicely. Um, but she's in Rhode Island. Oh, here. you're inching closer to her. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that when it comes to online dating, the most important piece is, um, and it's, are you, I'm 
struggling because it's like, I don't know if you want to just talk about like the differences between men and women and how they approach it. Let's do that. Okay. Let's start there. I like that. Um, yeah. Because women approach it more like a game. Ooh. And Ooh. yes. And men approach it more like pursue, pursuit. Hmm. I think that there are, of course, exceptions to every rule. But I think that what I see are mostly girls that don't really take it that seriously and don't really believe that it's possible to meet someone that way because of the prevalence of ghosting. Because they can have people that are liking their, you know, Instagram pictures, like a couple of those, and then getting a DM and then nothing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think that the, I think that women be wise to give a little bit more time to talking to guys and not necessarily believing everything that they're offering right up front is something that they have to invest in. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. Do, do you, oh, there are, there are a bunch of parts of that question. I'll get to yeah. mine. Keep, keep going. I feel and like then you're... for men, I think what I see are a lot of guys getting really rejected a lot. And it, and these are great guys. That didn't happen to Brian either. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think it's because there are these very different perceptions of the apps. So, you know, women are kind of coming into it like with this suspicious kind of quality. And then the guys are going into it like, no, this could really help me. And because there's such a difference in their perception of it, I don't think it's a good match. I think what we also need to find are people that are representing themselves in ways that are truly interesting. So if you, if you really want to, if you have a great sense of humor, please be funny. I think what a lot of guys do, generalizing a lot here, but that's fine. Um, is that they? I don't think that they're great at empathy. It takes practice. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, doesn't particularly twenty-year-olds. Okay, I think by the time you know, you guys clearly have worked on it, but um, but when I think that's a really difficult um, prefrontal cortex isn't even fully formed, you know. So at, until twenty-five. Mm -hmm. So I think that what I see are a bunch of guys that will put themselves out there, but they don't really know how to connect on an empathetic level. Hmm. And because women are looking for that, they figure these guys are never going to be really available. So there's a lot of discouraged hmm. men. Empathy. So yeah. what do you okay. think brings the women to the younger men on social media? So younger men typically don't have as much empathy. Yeah. We see oftentimes, I've seen Either desperation. Past. Yeah, desperation. Mm -hmm. or, okay. or just chemistry. Okay. Or a bent antenna. Or a bent antenna. <laughs> right. Right. We, we still haven't gone over the ghosting. Yeah. <laughs> we got to wait. <laughs> and I just learned this new word, haunting. Have you heard about this? No, what is oh. it? So mm. ghosting is like when they stop talking to you, right? Yeah. Never. And haunting is if they like might like your Facebook post, or they might like something else, but they don't actually ever get in contact with you. So they just are keeping an eye on you. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's a little sketchy. That's that, a little sketchy. That is. Yeah. That, that's a little I creepy, I think they're just actually. kind of waiting it out and seeing whether or not they want to back up. Hmm. That's my guess. I think that's a cue to not post your address online. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that 100%. Let's take a moment to highlight the organizations that allowed this all to happen. If you're not yet a member and are interested in getting involved with the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce, Fuel, or FuelCast, Find out more about membership options and or fuel sponsorship by contacting us via social media or greatervalleychamber.com.
the, the dating apps, I mean, so there are a lot of different dating apps out there, and, and, we, and we know that. You know, I mean, is it as easily broken down as, you know, men are looking um, on these dating apps for sex while women are looking for a relationship? Mm-mm, not at all. I, I can't tell you how many, like, how many guys I counsel that really are looking for connection. Um, so, funny story, I was, my friend came to, up to visit from North Carolina, and she was on Tinder, she recently divorced and she was like, Hey, I'm going to show you how Tinder works, how quickly I can get some guy to come out and meet me. And I was like, okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. We and should so have he, done that tonight. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a great idea. That would have been awesome. And so the guy comes out, he, and they don't hook up nothing. He really just wanted company for the night. It was so clear. And I thought like, I swear to God. Company for the night? For those that no, can't no, see, I'm no. looking in disbelief. <laughs> No, I'm sure he was like maybe interested, but like in the end, they just talked and honestly, he had a shot and he said, no, thank you. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's, you know, the exception, but I thought it was impressive. Yeah. That's, it's so impressive that I don't believe it. (laughs) I swear to God, it happened. I was there. Oh, no. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, we've met tons of people. We all know a lot of people. I think that, you know, I mean, there, there is a possibility, you know, for something like that. Did, did she ever, and then follow up, did she ever talk with him again? No. No. Nope. Okay. So That's just, what I mean. It's like he totally wanted to talk to her again. Yep. And she didn't. And she wasn't interested. No. And this brings me to another point. <laughs> well, here we go. She wanted an aggressor. Yeah. Yeah, women in general do want a, a guy that act, knows who he is and will pursue and knows is committed to that, that vision. So as a young professional, mm-hmm. let's go from a male's perspective first. Mm-hmm. How do we walk that fine line between mm-hmm. being an aggressor and being way too thirsty? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Alpha male issues, I would call those. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you can share what your opinions are. You can open up. Um, you can open doors and do all these wonderful chivalrous things. But I think that it has to come from a genuine place. It has to come from the gentleman within you, mm-hmm. a place where you actually want to protect her and you want to be loyal and you want her to know that you are safe. If it comes from that space, you're going to be good. If it comes from, I have, here's my ego and I'm going to tell you how great I am, then it's never going to fly. Huh. Hmm. That's and now what if we were to reverse that? Mm-hmm. How does a woman be aggressive enough, but not too aggressive where we start to think things about her? Assume things. Assume things. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. That's, That's, a hard. That's a hard one. Do you have any answer. experience in that? Because if not, we don't need to cover No, because I think my only, I, most of the women that I counsel are, would just do whatever they felt like doing. Okay. They're pretty empowered. Okay. Um, I might have one or two clients that have definitely settled and been maybe too passive but i don't know i I don't you think women that are aggressive you start thinking that they're loose no 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 first i never said loose. (laughs) let's make that clear (laughs) no i just what did you mean then me uh i don't know people build reputations have if they become too much of a partier or if they're uh too much of a bookworm um, if I find an aggressive, not me personally, if one finds an aggressive woman, they may think that woman wants it a little too much or something. Aggressive right? she, in what way though? Um, too much, uh, too Contact? frequent pursuit of, of a man. Yeah. 
right? I guess yeah. the exact same thing as if a man were in somebody's DM every night, different yeah. people, right? Okay. Thirst. Thirst. Yeah. Okay. So that's I guess interesting. We don't really have an answer. It probably just applies to both sides, right? Yes, but I yeah. I would also say that wait to have sex. That's what I want to say. Don't have, if you're going to do the online dating thing. Wait at least three dates. I was just going to ask how long. Yeah. Okay. Wait at least three dates. Do you know why? Mm, I'm, no. It's because when we are intimate without an emotional bond, it creates this discord within us. And okay. so we will be compelled to either withdraw okay. or become extremely needy. And I think Ooh. that's what you're talking Ooh. about. That is. Yeah. So like Brian's maybe also you not hook needy. up really quickly and then... She's super thirsty, right? Like, hey, hey, when, 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 when? She's trying to fill the void of the lack of emotional bond that had been created. Wow. Interesting. That is really That's interesting. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're learning a lot right now. Absolutely. Let me see. You know, I mean, you, you talked about one thing, and we, we, we touched upon the word, and we talked about it a little bit before, but like chivalry. You know, yeah. I mean, holding the door and, you know, waiting, you know, for, we'll say, three dates, you know, yeah. before you before, you know, having sex and, mm-hmm. um, you know, first kiss, you know, maybe not doing it that first time or that mm-hmm. second time. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know if that's, I'm moving away from chivalry. I mean, it, have you seen, you know, we've heard chivalry is dead. Mm-hmm. We, we, chivalry is dead. Mm-hmm. What, what have you seen in the relationship world when it comes to that? I think it's a weird time for men. Really? Yeah. Okay. Don't you? <laughs> I'm not trying to, I swear I'm not trying to corner you. But. No. I just think it's a weird time for men. It's like there's, um, because of the Me Too movement, there is a lot of female empowerment, and I think that that's wonderful. Yeah. And at the same time, I think it's displaced men in a way okay. that I'm not sure they know how to navigate through yet. I, I could agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, if there's an evolution of that happening where I think eventually they're going to find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, how long do you think that's going to take? I, I, I don't know. I would say probably at least another five years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Think about how long it took for us to really get on board with, you know, transgender um, bathrooms. And it, it takes us a little time, but it doesn't take an extremely long time for us to really evolve and get that this is all very important. Okay. So what I think is that guys, um, generally speaking, are, um, I don't want to, I really don't want to say that. I want to to know what that is. Can you write that down? (laughs) What I want to say is that um, they they want to be able to be the protector, but they don't know the boundaries around that without it feeling like they're taking over. Does that make sense? Like too overbearing. Yes. Too like being a dictator, pretty much. When you're thinking you're trying to help. Right. Okay. Right. Um. And so my advice to guys is to trust their instinct around that. If it feels uncomfortable, if a woman is like not comfortable with whatever chivalry you're extending towards her, then back away from it. Okay. But if it's true to your being and you absolutely have to open the car door, then keep doing it. Okay. Um, You know about the door trick? No, what? (laughs) No, the door test. Bronx Bronx tail. Yep. Yeah. Do you know what it is? That was a- no. It's uh, so Sonny tells Colagero, uh, yeah. take my car, pick up this girl. They, he takes her on a first date, and the test is uh, he unlocks her door, lets her get in, and if she doesn't reach over and unlock mm-hmm. his, yep. dump her. Done. So I have one in my office. It's similar. Ooh. So I have my, my tissues. If the um, 
wife starts to cry and the guy doesn't get her a tissue, then he very likely lacks empathy. Wow. I, I would, there are guys that just wouldn't hand a tissue over? Uh-huh. Really? A lot. Really? Yes. And it's a really huge predictor in my book of whether or not they're going to make it. Oh, my, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to study that. Mm-hmm. Like, my jaw is on the floor. Like, that is, wow, yeah. okay. Like, do you care about this person? Yeah, I feel like that's a it's clear a, sign that you don't care. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. What an emotional connection. Yeah. If one of you started crying right now, I have tissues in my office. <laughs> I'd, I'd, you I'd, know? And, and we're not even dating. got one on the table. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got my that. sleeve Thank if you, you need it. <laughs> So, I mean, we, we kind of talked about the chivalry. Well, what about, like, you know, first dates? Mm-hmm. You know, the proper, well, okay, we could say proper first date. Isn't the proper first date someplace, like, really public and not very much of a big deal? Should be. If yeah. that's what you say it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's what, for women, I think that's definitely the safest bet. Um, for men, yeah, you don't want to be anywhere that requires you to, you know, get in a car together and go long distances or anything like that. I would keep the first date to like coffee. Was it, has that always been, you know, would you have suggested that to somebody pre hashtag me too? No. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. First date seems to be a very big deal. There was like flowers and coming to the door and meeting parents. It was a whole very different situation. Wow. Yeah. But not not anymore. There isn't like. I'm in shock. Yeah. It, I feel that I feel those emotions when I was dating. Yeah. Now, I mean, e- even uh, in a professional setting, it feels weird for me to shake hands with a woman. So I shake hands in the initial meeting, and then after yeah. that, give them a little hug, hi, goodbye, yeah. right? And no, I'm not kissing them on the cheek or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. But you're a hugger. But when, yeah, but exactly. <laughs> it's a lot more friendly, right? Yeah. It yeah. feels a lot yeah. more natural. It's a connection. Yeah. Yes. But at first, I was, so there are some that... Uh, Meeting a woman for a first time, I'm always a little. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Know. Should I shake hands? Do I give a hug goodbye? Maybe it's one of those awkward one-armed hugs, but then mm-hmm. I feel real awkward. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. she's short. You know what I'm saying? Now I got the head on the chest, and you're, I'm not sure you're slamming your wrong. shoulder yeah. into her face. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Wow. That's that's an interesting point. I didn't know that it was that big an impact. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Jesus. Yeah. The last. I mean. 20 years, very, very different. Social media was not even on the radar. So so we're saying 20, so that, that first date advice, that's not just pre or, you know, post me to, mm-hmm. let's say three to five years. That's 20 years. So that's not just me too. That's the yeah. development of social media, yeah. World Wide Web, yep. the internet. Exactly. Re- okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I misinterpreted yeah. that. I thought that it was, you know, a direct correlate to this no, latest movement. It's changed the way that we relate. Okay. Mm. It hmm. has. Completely. <laughs> so people more guarded, you think? Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, I asked my daughter, who's uh, 16, just turned 16, um, I asked her, what is the thing that you're most afraid of in terms of dating at some point? And she was just like, being catfished. Being catfished? Mm-hmm. So like, led along. For the people that don't know, can you explain catfish to us? It's when somebody represents themselves as someone that they're not. So it could be that they give pictures of somebody else. Or, um, or really yucky virgins is just that it might be an older, older man and mm. going after a very young child. So and is he putting out pictures of a young individual to right. this person? Okay, so it's like really misrepresenting yourself, not just like exactly. I'm a successfully, extremely rich businessman, right. and then you, you know, you're you're not. You're both. Okay. And if you haven't seen the show The Circle, which is on Netflix, I want you to watch it. It's not like 
heady. It's just entertaining because it's a it's an experiment on social media and its impact. And there was a winner, but some people were catfishing and some people weren't. And it's just fun to watch how it all plays out. The circle. The circle. Oh, I haven't I haven't seen that. Yeah. Not, it hasn't popped up on mine yet. It's bubblegum, but it's fun. Okay. Oh. What do you mean bubblegum? It's nothing much. You know, it's not oh. like gonna like make your life better. It's not but, heavy. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, and the, I wanted to also mention the other piece that I think you asked me like a long time ago, <laughs> which was the different stages of relationship. And I think it's going to be really pertinent to what you were asking me when we hadn't even started. Okay. Um, all relationships, I'm going to even like look at my notes because sometimes I forget exactly. But um, all relationships go through different stages. And, and I would say it's a cycle. People think it's one linear process. So we start off in what we would call the honeymoon phase, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's wonderful, and um, and we really idealize our partner. And then we move in. I, I really do want to make sure I, I'm getting each one. No, that's fine. I, I I pulled up my phone because there was something that I heard on the radio the other day, and it, it had me dying. Tell so, us about it while we wait. Uh, you know, okay. I mean, I will. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good idea. So there was a term that that was coined. I don't know when. We'll say in the last year. Um, it's called hobosexual. H-O-B-O. Have you heard of that? No. Hobosexual. So this is someone that starts a relationship and gets into a relationship so that they can live at that person's home. Like they don't have a place to stay, so they just keep going from relationship to relationship. Hobosexual. I was like, that is like, that is clever. That's rich. That is really clever. And I never, I never thought about that. You know, I mean, that is interesting topic that they were bringing up. But years ago, my friend John was about to move to the city and he found some story about, he was doing research on the city and he found some story about a guy um, that did that same thing. He would just go to the bar. He was homeless. He'd go to the bar, meet women, stay at their place, maybe mm-hmm. get into a relationship, stay there for a bit. It goes south, or they kick mm-hmm. him out, and then he finds another woman at the bar. The yep. same, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. He never had to pay for rent. He had like nice clothes <laughs> and stuff, you know. <laughs> Wild man, that's interesting, huh? Yeah. It happens. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. So you're loaded over there. I feel it. Yeah. So uh, the stages of of relationships. So the first one is romance, feeling all that wonderful stuff. Um, most of the time with that, it's like you really feel like everything is magical in the world. Okay. Um, that doesn't last that long, but again, we know that that's because of the oxytocin and some of other like um, uh, neurotransmitters that are being released because you're having this wonderful connection. Okay. Um, then you move on to the emergence of unconscious, unconscious patterns, and so that's when you start to really show the real you. Okay. Um, and those are the patterns that were put in place before you were even aware of them, right? It's like really young kid, you start, you watch things unfold. And so those are some of the patterns that start to emerge. It's really important that if you haven't figured out what some of those patterns are, that is essential to good relationship. So that's why I feel like relationship counseling can be really helpful. And a lot of people haven't done that work. Um, and so at that point, um, you're asking questions like, can I trust this person? Have I made a really terrible mistake? I don't feel comfortable with them as much as I did before. And every relationship goes through this. And then the third stage is you, keep, you reach the choice point where you're either going to move into a conscious, loving relationship or you're going to further yourself into, um, go deeper into the unconscious space. And that normally will involve like numbing out and just withdrawing. Okay. But the conscious choice means that you begin to sort of take responsibility, full responsibility for what's happening in your being and you get curious about it. You're like, okay, I wonder why I'm lying, you know? Okay. Um, or I wonder why I d- 
don't, I wonder why I'm going to bed earlier than her, right? Okay. It's subtle things, but if you get curious about it and you begin to own it and you have real honest and loving conversation around it, it moves you into the co-committed, it's like a renewal phase where you actually feel truly like you have a partner in life and you have this safety, emotional safety that you wouldn't have any other way. And you, you feel like this continuous positive energy, like feed off each other in this positive way. So a lot of people think it's linear. Okay, we get to that stage and it's gonna stay there. No, it never will. You will go through this over and over and over again. If you're really smart, you're gonna figure out at the, at the choice point how to get yourself out of the con unconscious patterns and into the conscious ones. And then you'll move through it a lot faster. Let's take a moment to highlight one of our sponsors, Peralta Design. A recent study found that the average person's attention span is only eight seconds. Don't let wordy explanations lose you business. Peralta Design creates engaging explainer videos to educate your potential clients or customers about what you do without losing their attention. Whether it be live action or animation, Peralta Design will give your product or service a fighting chance in the information age. Don't let your business get lost in the crowd. Stand out with the video services provided by Peralta Design. We launch brands. But is there like a stage, you know, I mean, three to six months honeymoon stage, you know, through a, you know, six months to 12 months, you know, and then you're in that, you know, the oxytocin is starting to go down. Oh, yeah. Is, is, is there a time frame to those stages or no? It's every relationship's different. I think every relationship is different, but I would easily say that if you're not feeling good stuff in the first three months, okay. then move on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be good. Is there a specific age where you would suggest someone getting into a long-term relationship? Like here. When they know what they want. Right. I hear about people that feel like they want to get married at 19, 20. Mm. Probably not. I don't think we're mature enough. I don't think Correct. we have a sense of who we are well enough yet. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to judge. It's just not my job either. So yeah. if somebody feels really strongly about it and it could work, it could work. Mm. But well, how do you think um, that affects? the cycle that you just mentioned age um self-awareness whether or not you have the ability to reflect it's that self-reflection that i think is is not in place hmm. um and that that comes with the experience yeah true. and um i say to people you can have a very happy life if your values and your actions match up if you are living in some way where you're not living in accordance to your values you will be unhappy Without question. Yeah. Well, it's values plus actions equal happiness. Values plus actions equal happiness. Yeah. You want to always make sure that... And you know what I think a lot of people don't do is they don't actually write out what they value. Have you ever? No. Never. Never. Right? It's like something... I, I like really value a good sense of humor. And I when I wrote it out, it was very high on the list. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I look around at all my friends and, and my husband and the things I love about them is make me laugh. Is it what you value in yourself or what you value in other people? It's what you value in terms of how, like what you're receiving. I, that's the way I, okay. I imagine it. Like I, I value sense of humor. I value honesty. I value loyalty, um, uh, perseverance. Okay. These hmm. are the things that really matter to me. I have an idea of the things that I value, but I've never written them out. Yeah. I feel like if I were to write them out, it would be helpful for identification if I were looking for a relationship. Yeah. Um, but I also feel, why are you laughing at me? 
I thought you were dating someone. No, I'm saying oh, if okay. I were okay. looking for a relationship, yeah. then yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to live your life from that space. Yes. Agreed. Right? But I also feel like it may set up too high a standard if I were doing it. I'm a little bit neurotic. So okay. if I were to say, okay, I want only a blonde who's loyal and also makes a lot of jokes. But those are characteristics. Uh, that's different. Hmm. Right? Values are different. Values have to do with like our essential being. Hmm. I think that's the other thing that I want guys and girls to do when they're um, meeting up with people for the first time. Look for their essence. Stop looking at the picture in front of you. Tune into like, what, what is this? Do I like what, what they're, I guess it's like a vibe. Do I like the vibe? Do I like their essence? Because everybody's going to look very different 20 years from now. Everybody. All right? So you guys too, and you don't want to believe it, but you will. And so you just want to be with an essence that you just like to be around. Boom. Yeah, that's great. That's, uh, I've never called it an essence. Can we touch on cheating? cheating. Um, cheating happens for a few different reasons. Um, it's either that you want out of the relationship and you don't know another way. Um, it's that you actually are craving a different sexual energy or a different sexual partner. Mm. Um, and then sometimes it's, it's not really focused so much on the sexual. It's looking for emotional connection that they're not getting. Hmm. That's true. I've heard that. I don't know where, but yeah, the, the women search for, and I don't want to generalize, but I am. <laughs> uh, women search for more of the emotional connection. Mm -hmm. Men might search more for just that physical connection. But I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, it can go both ways. Yeah. I see a lot of like midlife crisis males finding young women that revere them. Oh. They don't necessarily like want, they don't want to marry these young girls. They like young girls, young women, but it's, um, they like the feeling of being so adored. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have a funny story. I yeah. know he's never going to hear this, so I'm going to tell you the story, but, um, I know this guy unnamed, yeah. uh, he had a midlife crisis. He bought a Corvette. Yeah. And, um, when she found out that he cheated, she spray painted like <gasps> cheater on the side of his Corvette. There you go. And then he had the paint removed, car repainted. Sometime later, let's just say a year for the sake of it, mm -hmm. she found out that he cheated again at some point. Mm -hmm. So she spray painted his car, cheater, on the side of the same car. And he showed up, no car. And uh, my buddy said, where's the car tonight? And he said, uh, you don't want to hear about it. And he told the story. And I said, uh, why don't you stop buying spray paint, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just novelty. Yeah. Yeah. And Something new and exciting. Yep. Yep. It's got to be it. Exactly. But in order to heal from cheating, it, it takes an awful lot. And it's totally possible. And I don't want anyone thinking that it's not because it really is. So if you had to generalize, mm -hmm. you don't have to, but if you were to, mm -hmm. um, how long have you seen the recovery take mm -hmm. from a relationship being mm -hmm. hit with a cheater? Yeah. I say cheating or any other major betrayal. Mm -hmm. Because betrayal with cheating or betrayal like... He spent all this money without asking me, or she spent all this money without asking me, um, or uh, told other people, you know, private business. Like, betrayal feels the same across the board. And so when you break that trust, I think that it takes at least, um, so for, for at least about one to three months, you're in mostly shock. And it's a terrible time, and most people feel just raw and terrible. Um, then after that, once they have done some work and are in therapy, 
they'll get to a space where they can feel a little bit more trust, a little more stable, but it takes a full year at least. To heal from, from cheating. Yeah, and I would say it's you've marked the, the relationship for life. Okay. So it will require incredible transparency from that day forward. So we're saying that you can salvage a relationship yes. where there's been cheating. You can. I, in your opinion, you may be biased, do you think it's worth salvaging at that point? I think everybody's different. You know, some people have kids, mm, you know? Right. Um, different situations. Different situations. Mm. Some people can't move out, you know, so they try to figure out solutions to the problem. So I think, mm. you know, um, you have to ask yourself, like, is, is, this, is this essence or is this person, the person who I believe I'm truly in love with, is that person um, contrite? Is that person truly wanting to seek forgiveness? If those answers are yes, then there's a good chance you can make it. Hmm. But if someone is like, like, it's not that big of a deal, makes lots of excuses, maybe even blames you, move on. Move on. Yes. That's one of those questions. Do you know who Dr. Drew Pinsky is? Yes. yes. All right. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah? Oh, we're going to talk after this yes. show. <laughs> um, do, you, do you listen to his podcast? Sometimes, yeah. Classic Love Line. Mm -hmm. Better example. Yeah. So he would say, um, someone will call in, I asked my girlfriend if uh, she wanted to have a threesome with this other girl. Mm -hmm. He says almost every time, why are you trying to sabotage the relationship? Exactly. Yeah. So you're I, a firm believer? Yeah. I've worked with a lot, not a lot, I'm going to say at least 10 different polyamorous um, couples or throuples, and I can tell you none of them made it. Wow. Really? Not one. And that's not to say that I don't think that if somebody really wants to you know, create that kind of... A very intentional and open relationship, they should do that. I, it's not a judgment call. It's just it's so hard to even negotiate with one person that negotiating with more is right. really tricky. Could you imagine all the hair you'd have to vacuum up with two girlfriends? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> My hardwood floor looks like a carpet. <laughs> oh, that's a good yeah. one. So we're, we're almost out of time. I have a few questions that I'd like to ask. Um, the couple that I ask everyone, mm -hmm. see if Brendan's got anything. Okay. Uh, so first, you, we want to do a, um, a generic question or just anything? If you have gonna... anything left that you want to ask Jennifer. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean, you, you did say that you are a, a sex therapist as well mm -hmm. or a specialist. Mm -hmm. If you were to just sum up in a paragraph, mm -hmm. and it might be really difficult, but if sex in a relationship, mm -hmm. short-term relationship, you know, a relationship three months, six months. 50 years. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what would you, and I'm trying to figure out the right way to ask it. I'll have to dub in something different, but okay. when, when, what are your beliefs in, in sex in a relationship? Um, I think I mentioned before that it, there should be a significant amount of passion to begin with. Otherwise okay. it's difficult to sort of cultivate that later. Um, if you get together with someone and you're younger and you're less experienced, then that's understandable, but you can, you can, um, uh, that I think can wonderfully evolve. Um, I do think that sex really changes when you have children and I don't okay. think a lot of people talk enough about that, particularly to the 20 somethings that it's wonderful to have kids, but most of the time, uh, there's a significant reduction in how much sexual activity is going on for a while. After you have children. Yes. Okay. Um, I would recommend that you get back on the horse, if you will, very quickly. <laughs> um, but uh, not everyone can do that. Sometimes people have trauma. Okay. So they can't um, resume okay. the activities that they used to have. 
Um, I feel like that was such a poorly asked question, but yeah. on such a topic that we could take up <laughs> another whole hour yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. Everything changes. Every stage, there's a different, there will be a different challenge in terms of your sex life. That's what I can tell you. Okay. Um, at the stage that you guys are at right now, I think that you have um, really great opportunity to explore and have lots of fun, and I would encourage people to do it so that when they do find the right person, they can say that they've experienced everything they wanted to. Totally found the right person. Yeah, and I really believe that. So um, I have three questions. Okay. And uh, I'll start with this. Do you have any advice for a young professional trying to get into the counseling field? Um, know that there's this thing called secondary trauma. If you don't really have a way to sort of um, buffer yourself from all the stories that you're going to hear and the pain that you'll be exposed to, it's probably not for you. But if you are someone who like is, um, like I said before, someone everyone wants to talk to, um, it's pretty, it's not very difficult to find yourself a really great master's program. And I do believe in coaching as well. I know some people are coaches and, and don't decide to go get their master's. That's great. Just make sure that you actually learn enough about um, how to truly relate and do good therapy and coaching before you just wing it. Start toying with other people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to have passion and for helping. Mm -hmm. You really do. It, it has to be, I think it has to be a vocation. It has to be a calling. All right, question two. Who is your favorite author and why? This is not just for you, by the way. I ask everyone. Tom, yeah. uh, Tom Robbins. I don't know if you guys know. I don't. Okay. What does he write about? Skinny Legs and All is one of his books. Um, Jitterbug Perfume is another one of his books. He's Ooh. just a really trippy writer, and I loved the trips I'd go on when I would read his books. Fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Fiction. Okay. But okay. really wrapped into, like... Um, these narratives about how you can become a, like this more evolved person. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay, so a little bit of fiction yeah. mixed with some self-help. Yep. I like that. Yeah. Alright, final piece of advice. Um, if a young professional were to ask you what is the most important thing you would tell them about getting into or maintaining their current relationship? I think be truly yourself. Figure out who you are. Don't rush it. Mm. You don't have to have it all figured out, but you figure it out by being really honest and taking time to check in with yourself and check in how things feel and then sharing that. That's what authenticity is and that's what's going to direct you and, and connect you to the right person. Wonderful. I was expecting work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's that. Yeah. Right, so let everyone know where they can find out more about you. Or send hate mail because there were some tough things said before. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, www.consciouscounseling.com and then also you can find me on Psychology Today and Therapy Den. Honestly, just find good therapy. That's what I want for everyone. Do you have social media? Uh, yes, but it's Conscious Counseling on Facebook. Okay, yeah. perfect. That was Disruptive Consulting. The opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the company, guests, or sponsors. Disruptive Consulting is a presentation of Tangible.